Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meet social networking. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Ragus, and yes, I am here to save your eardrums from the um, voices of psychic Dave Weimer and my co-host, Mike McShane. Mike, listen them. to this. Listen <laughs> to this now. That, hey, I thought we did a pretty darn good job with you taking another day off. Hey, I had to uh, throw something in there, man. <laughs> What's going on, hey, man? We got to bust your shoes, you know, for all that time off you seem to be getting recently. Hey, well, you know what, man? The uh, the the boss gets to take the time off, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I would much love to be here, but when things go down, things go down, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I think we held it together okay. Absolutely. No doubt about it. It was a great show. Thank you. Enjoyed it. I don't know about Sidekick, but I enjoyed you, so. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you, how you doing? Uh, good, good. We got ourselves a nice stretch of uh, summer-like days coming up here. Five days in a row, it's supposed to get, uh, or they're actually calling for a heat wave. Yes, I saw that. Heat wave starting on uh, Saturday, believe it or not. You know, three days of 90-degree weather and then a heat wave. Yep. Wow. So I'm kind of enjoying that. Yep. I like it hot. Sure you do, man. Got to yep. make sure you get your talcum powder out. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's an age thing coming in here someplace. You should be happy, man, when I'm when I take a day off. <laughs> Why? No, never mind. Dave doesn't pull this on you, that's why. <laughs> I, he pulled it the other day. You didn't hear him? <laughs> I didn't know. What did he do? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, oh, what the heck was I commenting about? I, I, oh, I think it was today in sports, and of course it was, as usual, it was something that was dated. You know, it was quite old. And of course he's got to sit there and throw in, well, now you saw all those games, right, Mike? I'm like, are you serious? That's great. You know that's... what? I, I dump I dump the other host and I bring in you and you got to do the same thing the other guy does. Oh man, <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, he picked up right where you leave off. Thank you, Dave. Yep. You were the man. Yep, yep. I take back what I said about you. <laughs> you did a phenomenal job on Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well. Open Forum Wednesday here. It's our Open Forum Wednesday here, which means we want the listeners to call in. And talk about the things we are going to talk about and also ask questions or some comments our way. The phone number is 347-237-5373. Calling anytime during the show and we'll tap you in live with us. There you go. Always looking good. But let's start off with Today in Sports. Today in Sports. Well, I'm not going back that far. I'm not going back as far as I did on Monday. I won't do it. it. Uh, <laughs> let's take it back to 1990. Uh, and This is uh, right in your wheelhouse there, uh, Jonathan. Right. Uh, and I'm sure you appreciated this guy as much as I did. On this day in 1990, Ricky Henderson uh, broke Ty Cobb's record. It was a record that had stood since Ty Cobb, and that was that Ricky Henderson stole his 893rd base. I remember that. Uh, Henderson would go on to end his career after, oh my gosh, what was it, 25 years, I believe, 23 yeah. or something to that effect. Yeah, he was up there. With 1,406 stolen bases. i got to tell you something. I loved watching this guy off of first base. I just loved it. It was so entertaining, so much fun to watch him. Oh, you know, just the way he stretched, you know? Yep. The way he stretched out just to start running was just amazing, man. And, uh, you know, even at the age he was at the time, in 1999-2000, uh, I got to watch him steal a few bases for my New York Mets, and uh, yep. it was fun. Yep, you he know? had that signature move, you know, where the legs were spread and the fingers were going underneath. Yep. I loved it. I just loved watching Ricky Henderson. I don't care what team he played for. 
I, I don't care whether he played against your your team, whomever he might have been playing for or not. It, it was, you it, had it, to go watch him. him. Yeah, you had to appreciate Ricky Henderson. Ten-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, three-time Silver Slugger Award. I mean, the guy was just 12-time AL stolen base champion, Mike. Yep, and a Hall of Famer. Times. And a Hall of Famer. Yep. He went six years in a row at one time. Yep. Awesome. That you, uh, Oakland, wish they had a Ricky Henderson now, huh? I'm sure they do. As much as any other team was. I'm sure uh, say the Mets would, too. Toronto, uh, you know, Toronto Blue Jays would think they would like to have another uh, Ricky Henderson up there because uh, Jose Reyes is just awful. Uh, well, and you know, I think a lot of people thought that Reyes could have been. I mean, for, he was he, on his way. He was on his way. He looked like he could have been the next Ricky Henderson. Yeah. I mean, you know, in his first couple of seasons, that's exactly who he looked like. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I mean, we got to see this here, uh, you know, where he stole 60, 64, and then 78 bases, three yeah. years in a row for the New York Mets. I mean, right now, I mean, even so, he, he still has 415 stolen bases, but unfortunately the guy uh, can, can't either stay healthy or his, his legs are just shot even when he is healthy. So. Yep. Oh, well, that's not our problem anymore. No. Very happy about it. Very happy about it, Mike. John uh, just hit us up and said, uh, are you saying Coco Crisp isn't Ricky Henderson? <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. All right, Mike, let's uh, talk a little NBA here. Uh, had a good game last night. Pacers evening up the series with the mighty, with the mighty Miami Heat with a 99-92 to win. Series is now tied two games apiece, Mike. Yeah, I'm very pleased about that. I got to tell you, and very, very pleased. We had, uh, you know, 12 rebounds apiece from David West and Roy Hibbert. Uh, 23 points from Hibbert, right down there in the middle. Um, everybody on the starting lineup here for the Indiana Pacers went double digits. Um, Lance Stevenson, wow, guarding LeBron James, number one. Um, you know, LeBron James still scored four, 24 points, but yeah. you know, that's a far cry from the 30 plus, maybe even 40 plus that he could normally score. Yep. And uh, Lance Stevens is still dropping 20 points on LeBron James. Uh, wow. It, it, this kid's just coming out of nowhere. Well, the play, the Pacers are playing them very, very well defensively. There's no getting around that one at all. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the difference that we're seeing right now in this series versus other series that Miami has played in up to this point. I think they've got their toughest defensive challenge they've seen so far. Yeah. Um, I talked about it a little bit on Monday's show. I was highly disappointed in the fact that they would have gone and dropped uh, game three, uh, after they had done the unexpected in game two. Nobody expected them to come in and win that game two uh, last Friday. And it just seemed to me that to come in and play as flat as they did in Monday's game three was highly, highly disappointing. Now you've got them uh, at least coming back on track a little bit last night, 99-92 winning that game. And, uh, well, okay, series is tied. We're guaranteed it's going to go to game six. Yeah, uh, and we got to hope that they win one in Miami again. Yeah, hope so. I mean, I mean, they're playing the Miami Heat the way teams haven't been playing, and they're really just attacking. They're going for the throat, you know. Yep. Loving yep. seeing this, man. Roy Hibbert, man, really stepped up last night. I mean, him being benched in that in that game two loss, I believe it was. Um, yeah, man, he's just he was a beast last night. Mm-hmm. Loved watching him play. I uh, believe no game tonight. Spurs already. One, they swept uh, Memphis tomorrow yep. night, um, game five, I believe, right? It is? Yeah, game five for uh, Pieces and Heat. So, that yeah, so San Antonio is just sitting on the sideline now waiting for the winner of this one to come out. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this. Joey Crawford. Joey Crawford. A good NBA ref. We've known Joey, you know, Joey Crawford for many, many years being basketball fans. And here comes a story from Dan Shanoff over at uh, For the Win, USA Today Sports, basically writing, did Joey Crawford cost the Heat the game? Mm-hmm. He goes on to say, blah, 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 you know, all these plays of last night right after the score was tied at 89 and, um, you know, calling that fifth foul on LeBron James. I'm reading this, and, um, you know, the only thing I could think of when I read this, Mike, is how ridiculous Dan Shanoff sounds in this. I agree with you. And um, I have to go back to where everybody else has complained over the years. If you're going to bitch about Joey Crawford costing the Miami Heat a game, then everybody else has the right to bitch about how many games NBA refs gave the Miami Heat. I, I <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, 
I sent this article over to you this morning, and that, that the reason I sent it over to you was exactly because I felt exactly the same way you do. Yeah. Um, that this to me is, it's it's ludicrous. I mean, it it is what it is. I I don't know. <laughs> you know, you were making the comment this morning, Jonathan, that uh, it's incredible how uh, uh, LeBron's constantly whining and moaning. It seems like for every stinking little call he can possibly get out there on the floor. Yeah. And you were making that comment this morning, and then this comes out. This story comes out. Uh, and, and agreed. I, I think it makes the writer look really kind of ridiculous. Oh yeah, it, it, it honestly does, no doubt about it. Um, you know, if you get, you know, there's been many, many games, Mike, regular season playoffs, even in the finals for any league where right. there's been terrible calls or blown calls. Right. Um, you know, for this guy to uh, write this, I mean, come on, you know, how many times has the Miami Heat gotten? calls in their favor that have been just god-awful. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It's a shame that, uh, you know, somebody, uh, you know, went through the time of writing this article instead of thinking about that. <laughs> Especially yeah. when you see LeBron James, you know, the other day discussing the NBA's uh, flopping rule. Exactly. And how he said that he sees value in flopping. I, I was just about to bring it up, and thank you very much, because uh, I posted a couple of those articles up on uh, the Fred House Sports Facebook page. Where he actually came out, and, and you know what was great about the article that I had put up was they actually had video attached to it on some of the most lame-looking flops that he himself has done. Yeah. While he says he doesn't do it, so. Which is the funny part. Right. Exactly. Which is the well, funny part. Well, he doesn't do it, but there's evidence to the effect. I mean, no, we've seen. I mean, there's plenty many. of evidence. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, you know what, I man? If you're gonna flop, that's you know that's fine. Don't you know? Don't deny it when you get caught. Well, it's, yeah, I don't know how fine it is, but... No, listen. There's been many, many players that made a career out of flopping. Yeah. Divac. Known flopper, you know. If they had this uh, rule back in those days, um, I, I, I I don't know how good Vladi Divac would have been. <laughs> right, right. You know? He loved standing in a paint, and he loved just falling every time somebody crashed into him, so... H2O Willie's in the uh, chat room. Can we talk about the refs last night? Well, I think that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. I don't know whether we're covering it, though, to the extent that he wanted to. Then he late, writes later on, do they uh, do they call these fouls on MJ or Kobe? I've saw it called on MJ a couple of times. Yeah. Kobe, not not as much, but, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. That's my opinion, Mike. I agree. But we'll see what happens in uh, Game Five. I, honestly, I, I I watched it last night. It it, it it was a foul, you know. Um, you know, it wasn't a hard foul, but it was still a foul. So, I thought I thought Joey Crawford was right. Um, you know, if LeBron James fouled out. Well, it's too bad. You know, you fouled out. You know, that's you know, he was trying to make plays, and uh, you know, his you know foul six was a was a foul. I know he wasn't happy about it, but it was a foul. You know, he it was a moving screen, Mike. You can't move on the screen. Exactly. Is what it is. Exactly, uh, it is what it is, right? NHL, Mike, uh, we did have a game last night. The defending Stanley Cup champions, Los Angeles Kings, are on their way to the Western Conference Finals now with a 2-1 win over yep. the San Jose Sharks. Uh, luckily for them, they got two goals from uh, Justin Williams. Yep. That was the only guy who uh, lit the lamp for the Shar- uh, for the Kings last night. Got to uh, Dan Boyle with his start of the playoffs for the uh, Sharks. Uh, you know, Great for the Sharks, Mike. Uh, you know, this is a team that goes into the playoffs, and usually they fall flat, and they fall flat quick. Mm-hmm. To force the defending Stanley Cup champions to a Game 7 right before the Western Conference Finals, I thought the Sharks looked really, really good this locked-out you know, locked season. And in the playoffs, um, unfortunately, a lot of guys in that team are aging. I, I don't see what they'll do next year, but, you know, you know, big kudos for the Kings. I mean, they they weren't looking that good. This season, and uh, they're headed to the Western Conference Finals. Well, you and I have both said that we th- thought that this series was going to go seven games, and that's exactly yep. how it went. Yes. <laughs> you bring up uh, you bring up the defending uh, Stanley Cup champions in the uh, L.A. Kings. Yeah. Albeit, I don't think anybody really. I got to be honest. During the during the course of the season, I didn't know the I didn't I didn't know whether L.A. would even make it into the playoffs. Thanks to either the way they started everything off. Exactly. But that's the way they started off last season as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. And I saw a rather interesting uh, observation this morning, which I hadn't even really thought about. Of course, I guess I would have thought about it if given long enough period of time to think about it. But uh, 
the remaining five teams right now are all recent Stanley Cup winners. Yeah. If you take a look at it. You got Detroit, Detroit, Chicago, uh, Pittsburgh. uh, Boston. Boston, right. And the the Kings, right. So all five are recent. Well, we have uh, another seven-game series tonight, Mike. uh, Tied three games apiece, Red Wings and Blackhawks. Where do you see this one going? Who would have thought this? The Red Wings came back from a 3-1 deficit to tie this series up. Uh, and that barely made the playoffs, Mike. What's that? For a team that barely made the playoffs. The Red Wings were a seven seed, correct. Um, You've got to think at this point right now, the momentum now has shifted back over to Chicago. And so, I mean, I how do I think it's going to go? Yeah. Tough to say. I think it's pretty even, obviously, at six games apiece, or at uh, three games apiece. But uh, uh, I'm rooting for Chicago. Um, I'm rooting for Detroit. I think uh, Detroit Kings uh, series would be really nice, but I, but I, you know, at the same time, I think a Blackhawks Kings series would be very competitive as well. But I would like to see Detroit get in there. Yep, yep, like yep. The, so, uh, well, wait, yeah, but do you think do you think it will go that way? I think so. I, I I don't know. I think Detroit's playing really really good. I think they're playing actual Detroit Red Wings hockey since being down three one, and I think this is the Detroit team that we're used to seeing for. Uh, all of these years, Mike, of them making a playoff. So, uh, you know what? I think they could actually uh, take it. But, but they I, you know what? I I wouldn't be devastated if they didn't because it's going to be a very, very good Western Conference Finals either way we look at it. Uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, 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 personally, I think that Chicago will give Pittsburgh a bigger fight than Detroit will. That's just my, that's just my gut feeling on it. I'm sure they were, but... Don't give, you know, don't count out the Bruins just yet, Mike. I'm just checking to see what the line. Saturday is the first game between the Boston Bruins and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Chicago is favored in the game uh, to this evening. Chicago is uh, uh, the yeah, Vegas line. After the season they had, of course they are, you know. Vegas line's got some favorites, so. I wouldn't see it any other way. I was just curious. I wanted to see how the books were, yeah. books were making that one. So that's tonight on uh, NBC Sports Network. Correct. And Red Wings, Blackhawks, winner goes to the Western Conference Finals. Saturday, Boston Bruins, Pittsburgh Penguins, 8 p.m. on NBC. First game of that series. That's going to be a good one as well. Uh-huh. Going to be a hard-fought one. Now let's uh, talk about the Phoenix Coyotes a little bit, Mike. Um, working on an arena deal that will keep the team in Arizona. So it looks like the Coyotes are going to stay where they are. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, of, you know, a couple of years ago with everything that was going down, we'd possibly see the Quebec Northeast come back. Well, okay. I, You know, I'm, I'm going to throw a question out there. Is the new arena going to make any bit of a difference for the Coyotes? Absolutely not. Agreed. No, absolutely not. We're on the same page. Yeah, absolutely not. But, I mean, there's still – Playing good hockey in Phoenix. It's it's the people of Phoenix that really need to get behind this team. Exactly. And here they we go on, again. You know, they put on a real exciting product for their fans the last couple of seasons. And, uh, you know, hopefully they continue to go up because, uh, you know, this is a team that could make some noise eventually. You know, we saw it not this season, but last season. They looked damn good, Mike. But, uh you know, I, listen, I'm I'm happy that they're staying in Phoenix. I just really hope people start believing in this team and getting behind them down there. Right. You know, it's a, it's, it's a good team. It's run by good people. It's 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 a good product. There's some good players on the team. And, uh, you know, honestly, this is a team I thought that would not be in Phoenix. Well, you sent, you sent over a very, very interesting article, which I've yet to be able to read the entire uh, content of yet, and which we want to really save for another show. Uh, but the crux of the entire article... Uh, that you sent over to me uh, was all about taxpayers subsidizing uh, teams. Yes. A, a, you know, major teams, doesn't matter what the sport is, either by way of building venues or whatever, uh, but subsidizing teams uh, that, uh, that are obviously, obviously not going to be profitable teams. And we see it constantly. Um, and, and, and as soon as this one comes out, as soon as you brought and send this one over to me, yes, and I'm, I'm lining it up, 
alongside the other article that you sent over to me, I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, isn't this exactly what the columnist is talking about in, in with his comments with regard to sports welfare? Yeah. Isn't that exactly what we're talking about here? Yes. Oh no, it is absolutely. I mean, if you look right at it, um, you know, they're saying that uh, that Renaissance Group, you know, they you know they want to find the money so that the uh, city could pay them to run the arena. So it's all coming through the taxpayers again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this is this is tiresome. And, and the folks in Phoenix, you know, it's not dissimilar to what we were talking about the other week with Sacramento. Um, the folks in Phoenix, you can sit there and say to them, "You got to back this team now. You got to back this team." But you know, when it comes right down to it, if the folks in Phoenix say, "Hey, we don't give a damn," yeah, who's going to want to pay for it? Then let the team go. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, it's not like the NHL. We've talked about this numerous times, too, Jonathan. It's not like the NHL doesn't have towns that are dying for teams. We know that they exist all over Canada. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about the fact that the NHL needs to maximize their exposure in Canada. Yeah. This is a perfect opportunity not to keep this damn team there, but to move it. And yeah. move it to a town where it's actually going to be profitable. Yeah, I mean, after they reach, you know, after they reach this agreement, Mike, and they keep them in Phoenix for whatever the duration of this next deal is going to be, I, I just don't see them staying there after that. I really don't. I, I don't see how this team is going to be, uh, you know, make them a profit when it hasn't already. And so, what good is that going to do with this with this city having a brand new arena that costs millions and millions of dollars to pay? that the taxpayers will pay for and probably won't even still be paid off by the time this team leaves the town. I mean, it's a disgrace. Yeah. Get the damn team out of town now. Not even, You know what? Even so, if you're going to keep them in Phoenix, let them play where the Suns play then. Right. You know, why build them a new arena or keep them at that jobbing one? Why don't you just put them in the U.S. Airway Center? Right. You know, so, I, I mean, that's less money right there. You know, I hate to bring it back to I hate to bring it back to the Marlins, but uh, somehow or another I got to. Uh, you know, we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, Jim Williams and and our group over on Touch Mall, yeah. and we were talking about that situation again, and somebody made the comment on the uh, panel that they they just don't see where the Marlins where where the fan base is ever going to support that team, and that that the team is going to have to move in order for it to be viable. Oh, yeah. And I sat there going, wait a minute, you can't. The taxpayers have been held up for up to a billion dollars for that stadium. Mm-hmm. How can you just? How can you even consider moving that ta- that 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 team at this point, when there's been so much investment made by the taxpayers? Yeah. That would be a crime. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, no doubt about it. It's a shame, but uh, you know what? We're going to see probably a lot of stuff come out of this, Mike. You know, once uh, everything comes through and uh, all these taxpayers are going to have to pay for a new arena for a team that they don't even go to see. Yeah. Or a team that they don't even get behind. Move the damn team to Quebec already. I mean, for, really, just move it to Quebec. Move it yeah. to another uh, town up in Canada where you know you're going to make where you know you're going to make money. Yeah, you might as I well. I mean, you know, we, we, Quebec we, deserves we, another team. The the most profitable team in the NHL, Jonathan, is whom? Toronto. Toronto Maple Leafs. A Correct. team that always loses. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Correct. But why? Why do they stay there? Because they're profitable. Why? Oh, because absolutely. they can't back them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. John Larry said to take the Tampa Bay Lightning with them as well. Their fan base is pathetic. You know, he makes a good point. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, but they want them down there, so. I agree. You know. We haven't heard any recent uh, reports on the Jersey Devils, right? Yeah. But I would imagine that that one is still one that's still struggling. Oh, yeah, it is. It absolutely is. But you know what? The NHL wants these teams where they want them, and uh, teams that they didn't want in the league, which, of course, we saw with Hartford and we saw with Quebec, they didn't want you know, get rid of them. You know, how did Bettman's uh, thing work down there in Atlanta? Yep. We saw that worked out. Yep. Now we got Winnipeg back again. Another team that should have never, ever been taken out of Winnipeg. Was the Jets? H2O Willie says uh, KC has a new stadium waiting for them too. I'm I'm imagining he's referring to the Royals, right? I would think so. Yeah, I, 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 that's my guess. If we're talking about the Royals, 
Somehow or another, though, I don't see the Royals leaving. I think there's enough support there. I don't know this for a fact, but it seems to me, and I know that the KC Royals, uh, you know, great article over on USA Today this morning about the KC Royals, how they're, uh, you know, I, 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 I actually I'll post it up on the Fred House Facebook page, but here they are. You know, they looked really good about May 5th, and all of a sudden they have tumbled down the standings again one more time, much the disappointment of their fan base. Yeah. The KC Royals, they don't strike me as a team – as pointed out by John, like the Tampa Bay Lightning yeah. or the it, Phoenix Coyotes, they have a fan base there that I think is going to support that team. Yeah. Willie said it's not the Royals. He said there's a hockey arena in case. Oh, is there? Stuff. Yeah. There's a hockey arena. Oh. Yeah. I, you know what? I I would not see a hockey team <laughs> really sticking around Kansas City. So. Well, they tried it. They tried it back in the 70s with yeah. the Dallas. Yeah, and it, it went dead quick. Yep. Went dead quick. Well, you know what it is, man? It's all the fans. You know, it could be a losing team. You just got to get the fans behind you no matter what. Like we see in Toronto with the Leafs. Yep. So. Well, uh, you know. The Islanders were rumored to go to a lot of different places, Willie. Uh, Kansas City was definitely one of them. But uh, I think the uh, the fans kind of fueled that a little bit more than anybody else. So, MLB, Mike. Yes, sir. Let's look at the standings today in the MLB. American League East, Boston with a one-game lead over the New York Yankees. Yankees losing two games in a row to the Mets right now. Yeah, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I think you can expect to continue to see that happening. Yeah, Baltimore uh, three and a half in uh, third place. Come on, Baltimore. Oh, yeah. That would be nice to see that come up. But look at the uh, Blue Jays, nine and a half games back now, last place. Nine and a half games back, Mike. AL Central, Detroit, two-and-a-half game lead over the Cleveland Indians. Wow. Last uh, show we did, I think it was uh, Friday, We uh, Cleveland was, what, two games up in first? Red hot, red hot Cleveland, and they cooled off three and seven in their last ten. Yeah, they uh, lost five in a row now. Yep. Kansas City lost seven in a row. They're now seven-and-a-half games back, tied for last place, Mike. One and nine in their last ten, and they're in speaks exactly what has happened to KC. Absolutely. Texas out in the AL West. Texas Rangers, thirty-two and twenty, with a two and a half game lead over Oakland, five and five in their last ten. But look at the Oakland A's, Mike. Two and a half games back in second place. They're now nine and one in their last ten, with a five game win streak. That's why you gotta love baseball because it's an ebb and flow game. Yep. And it just keeps going back and forth. Just when you think that Texas is running away with it, they cool off, and what happens? Oakland gets hot. Yep. L.A. Angels as well, 8-2 and two in their last 10, uh, nine games back in third place. Starting to heat up a little bit, Mike, but they still got a ways to go there. Yeah, they're still playing 442 ball, but, you know, hey, we got a long way to go, and there's no way I would rule anybody out. We can talk about that one in a couple of moments, Jonathan, if you want, with your comments from your buddy up there in, in, uh, in, in, uh, with the Mets. Okay, absolutely. And at least... Atlanta still uh, playing some hot baseball right now. They're four and a half games up in first place. Washington trailing them. Uh, looking good, Atlanta, again, Mike. Yeah, well, they had cooled off there for a couple of weeks. I had mentioned it before. Now, all of a sudden, they've gotten a warm again. Uh, out in the NL Central, St. Louis Cardinals still in first place, Mike, but the Cincinnati Reds are starting to heat up, as well as the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pirates, I think, have to be one of the more surprising teams to be talking about this season. Seven and three right now in their last ten. Yeah. Uh, they have winning records on bo- both at home and on the road. Yeah. Jason Grilly, their closer, looking damn good at 36 years old, man. And uh, we're hoping Sidekick gets a chance to check out those St. Louis Cardinals in person because he's out there in St. Louis right now. Is he? Yeah. Very nice. We've got a very, very, very different five minutes at the Frat House coming up tomorrow night as he will be. We'll be doing the whole show via Skype. Via Skype. Yep. Are you going to have a big picture of Dave on uh, TV? Uh, no, we'll actually have Dave there. Oh, oh, come on, man. you got to get a nice cardboard cut out of him and put him in the seat. There was actually talk that if we could have gotten a telestrator, we could have, as he comes on, we could have, like, you know, put a, put mustaches on him and, you know, that sort of thing. But You can, you, you can do that. I'll, I'll talk to you after the show about that. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, let me know how to do that. Okay, very okay. good. Uh, out in the NL West, the Arizona Diamondbacks in first place. All alone now, Colorado, San Francisco. Both two games back, trailing them. So uh, Arizona six and four in the last ten, Mike. Yeah, I, we've talked about the uh, NL West as being, uh, you know, along with the Central, are they the most competitive uh, division right now in baseball? Tough to tell uh, which uh, competitive. Uh, the most mediocre one. Uh, 
yeah, I guess. Stroll is absolutely the most competitive one right now. Uh, You know, until you see one of these teams really take off and another team follow them. I think Colorado eventually is going to drop back. San Francisco will heat up. I think L.A. Dodgers will heat up a little bit too eventually, but we'll see what happens. Dodgers remind me a lot of right now of uh, the Toronto uh, Blue Jays. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Big big payroll, a lot of star players, and nobody playing up to where they're supposed to be playing. Funny thing happened yesterday, Mike, with the Minnesota Twins, and that's uh, rookie Chris Colabello. Uh, Got his first career hit. With Minnesota, and uh, he was wearing the wrong jersey of the team. Yeah. I know uh, you had a little something to say about why he possibly wore a different jersey. Same jersey, the red stripes, Mm -hmm. the red name, the blue jersey, almost the same exact design, Mike. Yeah, it is. His said Twins, everybody else has said Minnesota. Minnesota, right. Yep, yep. Apparently, this was the alternate alternate or something to that effect. Uh, you, you know, let's get it straight, folks. We've got too goddamn many jerseys. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. You know, everybody's got to have an alternate alternate alternate. This is stupid. Why? And it's all about marketing, and it's all about the cash register. Make no oh. mistake. All right? I am so tired of looking at so many different variations of uniforms. You know, even the other day, and I mean, look, I understand. I understand it's Memorial Day, and we want to show visually, you know, some representation in honor of our fallen uh, uh, heroes in, in, that, that have served our country. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, but you know what? Can't we just do that with a hat? But do you have to have every team coming out wearing something in camouflage? I mean, the whole thing. Look, they're going to wear it once. Ah. <laughs> uh. I, I, uh, you know, I feel bad for for uh, Chris. Uh, what, what's his name? I'm sorry. Calabella. It was his first major league hit, and of yeah. course, you know, the news isn't that it was his first major league hit. The news is that hey, you goofball, you wore the wrong jersey. Yeah. Well, can you blame him completely? As you pointed out, I mean, isn't that partially the equipment manager's responsibility? Well, I mean, he he hangs the jersey up there, but seriously, how did nobody see this? You're sitting on the bench. Yeah. What? Nobody says anything to you? Not only are you sitting on the bench, but eventually you have to look at them and, you know, say, well, you know, I mean, the Twins writing on the front of his jersey is monstrous. Yep. Compared to the smaller, more narrow Minnesota on everybody else's jerseys. I mean, nobody really could see this. Now, let me ask you this, Mike. Is that a fine for Major League Baseball? Well, you know, I was actually thinking that as I... You know, I posted the story up on the Frat House Facebook page this morning, and I was actually thinking that because, you know, in other cases, that's a finable offense. Yeah. So you got to wonder, I mean, is there going to – I mean, could the player get fined? Would the equipment manager get fined? Would would, would the team get fined? You know, you got to wonder. Yeah. You know, and, and it, you know, you bring We've up – We've seen it happen before with, um, you know, uniform malfunction, so – Oh, Yeah. I don't see why, unless they said, well, because the names, you know, because the colors were the same, it really didn't pull off. But, I mean, there's been times where we see somebody come out with a home jersey on when they're away. Well, uh, and we've seen football players get fined for not wearing the right socks. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, that's the one question. The second question, though, I think goes more to your point, Jonathan, and that was, are you trying to tell me that nobody in the dugout, (laughs) in the clubhouse, noticed that there were teammates that would say to him, hey, dude, you realize you got the wrong jersey on, right? Yeah. Or was this more of a, you know, hey, let's snicker under our breath. The rookie's coming up to the plate and, hey, don't say anything. Let him go. Yeah. You know, Unless he was wearing a jacket or something the whole time, but was it that cold in Milwaukee last night? I, I don't know. Milwaukee? I don't know. Well, if but anybody's cold. out there and can tell us if it was cold in Milwaukee last night, give us a call, 347-237-5373, because that'll help us uh, talk a little more about this Chris Calabella thing last yeah, night. Yeah, solve the issue, solve the issue. But, uh, you know, I think the whole thing could be solved easily. Uh, look, folks, two jerseys. Yeah. Home and away. Away, that's it. Home and away. That's it. But, you know, you and I both know that's never going to happen again. It's all about the money, Mike. Yep. Everybody needs seven jerseys. Yeah, really. All right. Well, another. And listen, make no mistake. There'll be other. There'll be other variations. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got the Fourth of July coming yet. 
<laughs> Are we going to have the firework burst inside the uh, numbers and letters or what? Well, you got to know. I mean, I know the Phils do it here. They have a special cap just for the 4th of July. Wow. But then the Phils also have special jerseys that they wear in spring training just for St. Patrick's Day. Well, Mets, Mets, Mets have the St. Patty's hats and... I've seen that before already. So I know they've been doing that. She got the NBA with the uh, with the Latin jerseys for uh, you know Latin American night and all that stuff, or Latin American week with what they do. So, well, how about this one though? I'm gonna I'm gonna switch things up because we didn't actually have it on the agenda. Sure. Uh, your your buddy, your owner up there at the New York Mets, Wilbon, he had a couple of comments. Yeah. Talk to us about those because I know oh, you hey, were. Buddy. You were a little. Oh, I know, I know. I'm saying it. I'm saying it sarcastically. You were a little bit peeved by it. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, listen. Uh, I'm I'm not expecting the Mets to go anywhere near the World Series. Not even expect them to go into the playoffs, Mike. Nowhere near it. But only 49 games have been played. They are 10 games back. You know, two big wins over the New York Yankees. You know, could spark team morale. Could get a little bit of a hot streak going. You never know. You could possibly see them take over third or maybe even second place with the way. The Phillies and the Nationals are playing because they're not playing good baseball. Right. So besides the Braves, there's nobody in the NL East that is playing good baseball. So anything could happen. Um, He goes out, supposedly last night, he told Mariano Rivera because they honored Mariano Rivera before the game. He's saying, I wish we could see you in the World Series, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. Mariano Rivera shot back, you know, in front of the media, said, you never know. So basically, you know, Mariano Rivera making another save there again, you know. To me, that's a blast to the team morale. I mean, it's it's already in, 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 in just in shambles. But with two decent wins over the you know New York Yankees in the last two nights, you know, players can start to feel good about themselves. But all of a sudden, now they look into the media, and they read that their owner is telling everybody, no, we're not going to be anywhere near it. You know, we're not going to even see you. You know, to me, you know, if your owner doesn't believe in you, what the hell? I think it's an irresponsible statement. It is. It is. Uh, I think they're you know, reading into it a little bit too much, but it's still a very irresponsible comment to, as an owner to be making. You yeah. know? Well, and uh, I had addressed some of this uh, the other day on Monday, actually, when Sidekick was on here, right here on the show. Yeah. And I said that it is far too early to eliminate, in my opinion, to eliminate anyone no. from – well, at least I wouldn't say conversation, but at least the possibility of getting into the playoffs. <laughs> of course, uh, Sidekick quickly corrected me and said, "Well, you know, maybe with the exception of Miami and Houston." Um, but those are extreme cases. Look, take a look at the Mets right now. They're twenty and twenty-nine. They're nine games under five hundred. They're only ten games, as you point out, out of first place in the uh, NL East. They're only ten and a half games out of the wild card. Uh, you know, as you point out, the Phils are not playing very good ball. I'll be the first one to admit that. They look horrible. The Phillies look absolutely terrible, and they're boring to watch. <laughs> <clears throat> but they're, they're uh, only six and a half games out of first and only seven games out of the wild card themselves. Yeah, anything and, can happen still. And, right, there's a lot of talk that, hey, the Phillies could still possibly make the first or second wild card. Yeah. I don't think anybody's suspecting that they're going to win the East. As you pointed out, you don't yeah. suspect it with the uh, Mets either. No, no. But of course not. to be at the end of May, we're not even at the uh, uh, at the All Star break yet. To be at the end of May and to say, "Oh, okay, well this season's done," when you're only ten and a half games out of the wild card, I think is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. Hey, listen, only forty nine games have been played out of a hundred and what sixty two games. Correct. Come on. Correct. You know, nowhere ne- even near the halfway mark yet. Come on. You know, it's just, uh, you know, like you said, irresponsible comment, you know, from an owner. I mean, if an owner doesn't believe in you, then, you know, it is what it is. Look, look at what we've already talked about just here on this show. We've, we've brought up Texas cooling off. We've brought up Oakland having a run at it 9-1 and one in their last 10. All of a sudden, Oakland's only two and a half games out of, out of first. Where, what, a week ago they were about five and a half games out of first? Yeah. I mean, teams get... It's a game, as I pointed out, of ebbs and flows, and when one team gets cool, another team, it, it always seems, is going to be the one right behind them, all of a sudden is going to get hot. Look at what we just talked about with Cleveland. Cleveland, a week ago, was the hottest team in baseball. All of a yeah, sudden, they were like four games up in the first, and already now they're right. two and a half games back. Right. All of a sudden, they're three and seven in their last ten. Yeah. So, 
is it unthinkable that the Mets all of a sudden could go on a run? Look at what look at the division they're playing in, as you point out. Washington and, and Philadelphia is not playing very good baseball, period. No. No. But, you know, let's see what happens. I mean, you know, like I said, it's, uh, you know, not a good comment for an owner to make, you know, Here's especially. You know, and you know what, that goes for any team. I mean, if the owner of the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates turned around and said that, or if the owner of the Milwaukee Brewers, I mean, you know, you shouldn't make that. You should really, you know, I mean, they look to you for guidance. They look to you for leadership. You are the, you know, the you know the owner of that team, so. So. It is what it is, you know. If Jeffrey Luria said it, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. No. No. We got Willie here uh, blasting the Mets. Willie, you know what? It is what it is. It, it goes with any other team. It has nothing to do with empty seats. Uh, we've seen teams, Phoenix Coyotes, who always have empty seats that made it deep into the playoffs already. It happens, you know. True. So, True. They're, not, they're not a good team, but anything can happen. I mean, we've seen teams come back from 12 games down, you know, in the beginning to the middle of the season and come back up and make the playoffs and go far in the playoffs. Not saying that's what's going to happen with the Mets, but you can't discount a team this early on. I mean, only 49 games have been played. Oh. Here's another funny thing, man. Uh, Kansas City Royals manager Ned Yost almost got arrested for watching the Kansas City Chiefs practice, Mike. <laughs> oh, gosh. He walked into the uh, Truman Sports Complex, which, uh, you know, both teams are sharing. And uh, he wanted to stop in and, you know, say hello to new Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Unfortunately, uh, as soon as he walked in, he instantly got surrounded by security, and, um, you know, they didn't know who he was. They wanted to go out, and, you know, but for him, one person, Mike, which we found just pretty funny, one person actually recognized Ned Yost. Right. Uh, who's, as we all know, is uh, mostly anonymous most of the time. Right. And, um, you know, they were able to, I guess, defuse it really quick and let Ned Yost say hello to Andy Reid and stuff, but it was funny, uh person writing about this story said, uh you know what kind of secrets would he sell? You know, you know, is Andy Reid actually devising new ways to not run the ball and take ridiculous timeouts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, what what is there to uh, first of all, what are, what are we hiding uh, with an Andy Reid OTA? I mean, seriously. Well, you know, I could see if somebody walked in that wasn't supposed to be there, didn't have clearance to go there, but you know, as soon as they found out it was Ned Yost, oh yeah, come on in. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I just been anybody, so. Well, and of course, you know, they could have just been playing coy and going, oh, well, we didn't know who he was. Or maybe, in fact, they did know who he was, recognizing that the team has tumbled down the standings and, as we just pointed out, have gone 1-9 and nine in their last 10. <laughs> and maybe they just wanted to have him arrested just for the fact that he's the manager of the Kansas City Royals. Maybe that's what it is. That's bad, man. <laughs> that's bad. Ned Joseph is not happy with you, man. <laughs> hey, listen. Who's been a bigger supporter of the KC Royals all year long than myself? Oh, well, you're not supporting them anymore, it seems. <laughs> no, 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 I am, I am. I, 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 I'd love to see the KC Royals come come in and, 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 and really surprise the entire league. I really would. I don't think it's going to happen. And I can get away with saying that because I'm not the owner of the KC Royals. Yeah. <laughs> not nice, man. <sighs> now, if the, Roy- if the owners of the Royals came out and said that, well, then we'd be lambasting them. Oh, we'll see what happens. I think it's very funny. I thought the story was hysterical. Oh, it was. It was. It, it was funny, man. It was, uh, you know, some of the comments from Ned Yost as well was, you know, really funny and spot on, man. How he was like, he's like, what, am I going to sell their secrets? Come on. Yeah, really. You know, what am I going to do? I'm coming in and I say hello to you. Let's talk a little football, Mike. We haven't spoke football in a while. Uh, before we get to talking about the Seahawks, though, I sent you a story just now. Uh, a reporter is claiming that uh, the Buccaneers may have uh, – violated the uh, current CBA that prohibits contact at OTA. So it looks like uh, Roger Goodell has got his hands full yet again. Okay. Um, Could be a major fine there. Oh, hold on. Let me let me see if I can get the article here. It was from, um, trying to see who it was, but it was 98.7, the fan in Tampa. That's uh, reporting us. All right. And the report was, run it by me one more time. That, uh, uh, you know, Greg Shadow is uh, on a border of getting investigated and uh, possibly fine because uh, he's making contacts at OTAs. Uh, or, or, excuse me. Excuse me. The players are having contact at OTAs. Okay, I got you. I Not got supposed you. to have, uh, you know, practice without pads and everything over there, but supposedly right. that they're uh, already doing contact stuff. So. And Shadow will probably claim ignorance uh, saying, well, this is only my second year. 
This is only my second year in the league, so I didn't know. I thought this is the way we did it in collegiate football. Oops, you mean I'm not in collegiate football anymore? Well, didn't he run OTAs last year? I'm sure he did. Yeah. I'm sure he did. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm surprised. If, in fact, it's true, I'm surprised the players haven't come out and actually said something. Well, there I was wonder if this fight. is leaked by one of the players. There was a fight last week at the OTAs uh, between Akeem Spence and uh, Jeremy Zutta, and supposedly became a 22-man melee on the field. Shock. I like that kind of passion. No, that, that's great. Way to go, Shiano. <laughs> but listen, if there's no contact, what the hell happened that it turned into a melee like that? Yeah, really. Usually you only see that in practices with contact. With contact, correct. So, And that was um, Cummings again from uh, 98.7, the fan who reported both of that. So, Roy Cummings of the uh, Tampa Tribune. Excuse me, he's not from 98.7. He was on 98.7 uh, today. Right, he was on and he reported it. Okay, gotcha. Right, right, right. So... And uh, Greg Shano, I, I know he's got he's got a lot of fans in the NFL already. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm sort of looking for a reason to find him. Yeah, a lot of those fans are punters. Yeah. Oh man, let's talk about the uh, Seattle Seahawks a little bit. Um, players called the meeting, Mike, to talk about the uh, current PED suspensions that are going on with Seattle because uh, the last one now was Bruce Irvin. Their first-round pick in 2012 uh, was suspended and now missed four games of the season. And um, there's been a lot of players so far from Seattle that have uh, basically got pushed down here with PEDs. So they had a, I think, six players in all, Mike, from Seattle. Mm -hmm. So they had a players-only meeting talking about PEDs. Correct. What do you think of this, Mike? Is it, is it about time that players take it, you know, amongst themselves to do this? Well, you know, we've we've certainly have had our say about PED usage in all sports right here on this show. Uh, and my first reaction was, how refreshing, how refreshing it is to see a team, you know, and and not not at the impetus of management or at the impetus of a coach, but to as a as a group of players to uh, just pull everybody together and say, you know, something, folks, get your head out of your butts. Stop making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Let's get our act together and clean this thing up. And I, I find it I find it terribly refreshing. Uh, we would love to hear stories uh, about more teams in all sports doing exactly this thing. Now, whether it's going to have any impact or not, Jonathan, you know, who knows? Yeah. But you got to applaud them. Stand up. Tip your hat to them for making the effort. I think it's terrific. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. Uh, basically, the message during this 25 to 30-minute meeting the players had uh, was to be individually accountable and stop making these horrible mistakes and these horrible decisions. Correct. So, Correct. Um, do you think this is going to do anything now that the players are taking it amongst themselves to do this? Or do you think it's still just you know the individuality of these players that they're going to do whatever they feel like doing? Well, uh, you know, you... Uh... Yeah, I'm such a cynic, and aren't we all now anymore in sports? Yeah. You know, I look at it and I go, you know, it'll probably have an impact for a little while. You know, it'll probably have an impact, you know, maybe through through uh, uh, exhibition games, maybe even for a game or two into the early part of the season. But, you know, look, Jonathan, we're talking it's, uh, you know, the end of May, early June, uh, and we've got ourselves eight months of football yet to come. Oh yeah, uh, and you got to wonder. I mean, whether it's going to have, you know, having one thirty-minute meeting where it's a bunch of the players coming together, talking in a unified way about PED usage. Yeah, you got to wonder whether that's going to have an impact for a full eight months or not. No, you know, it's like anything else, and uh, it's like anything else in anywhere really. Uh, but for gosh, in, in, in the previous in the previous career that I just came out of, which was education. Uh, it's it's repetition. It's repetition to the faculty, constantly reminding everybody. Repetition to the students, constantly reminding them what the rules are. Yeah. And everything is repetition. And if you're only going to do it once with one 30-minute meeting, I don't know if that's going to be effective. Well, I'd tough. like to think it's going to be. I'd like to think it's going to be. But, again, that's the cynical side, you know, uh, of, my, uh, of me coming out. I, and I, I think a lot of fans are exactly the same way. Yeah, well... 
you know, I mean, we've spoken about PED usage and how disappointed we are in everything that's been going on for years now, and it just never seems to change. So yep. it's sad, but uh, at the same time, it's the truth, Mike. So, but again, hats off to uh, the folks there. I, I'm sure it was. Did they mention who who really kind of was the spearhead of this? I'm sure. I, I, I believe it was Michael Robinson. I was going to say uh, one of the veterans. I would think, huh? Yeah. And so, it should be. And it should be. Off. I mean, off. six players. Come on. That's a lot. That's that's you know more than a lot. <laughs> wow. While Pete Carroll sits there with his eyes closed, eyes closed. Well, supposedly he gave some big passionate speech last week or something like that. So let's see what happens. Not that Pete, I'm dissing Pete Carroll. I kind I like Pete Carroll for the most part. Yeah. Keeping up with the uh, NFL trend here, Mike. Um, Jamarcus Russell still continuing his NFL comeback, supposedly has dropped uh, over 50 pounds, and a lot of teams are interested in actually signing him. Yeah. question though to you is, if you were an NFL owner and you had the choice between Jamarcus Russell and Tim Tebow, who would you build your team around? Uh, oh, boy. Who would I build? Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, Jonathan. I think I'd go out on a limb on Russell. Really? Yeah. I think wow. I would. But you know, look at it this way. Here's where I come down on Russell. I feel that uh, if you want to take a flyer on Russell, yeah, bring him in, work him out, let's see what he's capable of doing. Uh, I think I think that that's a smart move. I'm not gonna. I am not going to criticize any team for doing that. No, no, no. I think it's a smart move, yeah. particularly if you're in a situation where you need a quarterback. Uh, Russell, why would I go with Russell over somebody like Tebow? Yeah. I think it's just the concept of it. Of, of Russell has shown that he's more of a standard quarterback mm-hmm. than Tebow is. I mean, you seem somewhat surprised. I no, no, no. What you're saying, if you were a general manager, you'd go the opposite way, or what? Actually, I, I probably wouldn't choose either. <laughs> but if I had to, wow! Uh, pick you know, Mark Sanchez. You pick it, Mark Sanchez. <laughs> it, it, it's tough. Um, I would take uh, David Garrard. <laughs> oh, well. No, I would not. Out of the two, I I possibly would go with Jamarcus Russell, but you know, you know, I I you know, I hate to continue to just discount what Tim Tebow could bring to a team, and um, you know, but now with the way the media has played it, I think there's just too much hype, too much you know, circus. Uh, you know, environment around bringing Tim Tebow onto a team. So I would go with Jamarcus Russell just to keep that on a lower level, you know, on a quieter level so the team could actually just learn and function as a team with with, with its new quarterback. Right. So it's not because of what Tim Tebow could do or what Tim Tebow hasn't done or did do. It's because of all the constant motion and constant crap Surrounding Tim Tebow from the media is, is probably a big reason why I wouldn't go with Tim Tebow. Right, there you go. I mean that that is that's got to be a concern. Oh, it's it's um, concerned. The other say. the other the other issue of course would be, you know, you've got your choice, Tim Tebow or Jamarcus Russell. Um I could come down the way Joe Theismann thought and bring in LeBron James. Oh God, come on. <laughs> Just waste your breath on Joe Theismann crap. <laughs> Where in the world did that come from? I got no idea. I, I, LeBron James, seriously, the quarterback? I I I, I don't know. He's, he's too big, don't you think? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Don't but you think that would be the I mean, what has he done that could show that he could be an NFL quarterback? Look, there's no doubt about it. That, that because he can shoot a three-pointer? He can dunk the ball? I mean, there's nothing – I mean, I, I think any athlete could be a legit NFL quarterback with the way Joe Theismann is doing it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that James is, is mobile. All right, so you could probably get – Yeah, you know, but you know what? So is Nate Robinson. Right. <laughs> that doesn't make him a you know a good NFL quarterback. I mean, I, I, I just thought it was a joke. He's got the height. He could see over the line. Uh, so you got that. He's mobile. Well, you know what, man? So could um, Dwight Howard. Yes. 
yeah, Dwight Howard might be an interesting option. You know, but if we're looking at height and mobility, I mean, you know, any you know, any guy in his young age that had height and mobility could have been a good NFL quarterback if that's what we're looking at. Joe Seisman said that anytime he's ready, anytime that uh, LeBron James is ready, he will come out and represent him. Joe Seisman's a bum. <laughs> he's a freaking bum. Oh. You know, after saying that about LeBron James, he turns around to say that RG3 is a more refined quarterback. So it's, you know, this is, you know, this goes with Joe Namath, man. You know, just, you know, just keep your mouth shut. Joe Namath is, is without a doubt the worst. Oh, no, he absolutely is. But this is, you know, Joe Theismann trying to get his name out there. I mean, seriously. You know, what would possess you to even start talking about it? I, I, that's what I didn't get. You know, I, you know what? Uh, Z, you know what? Zidane Chara can make a great NFL quarterback. He can see over the line. Uh, <laughs> we're, yeah. We're going by on, on, on height and, you know, a guy that could be mobile. I mean, yeah. why not? I wonder what our buddy John would think of that one. I don't know. John wants him with uh, the New England Patriots when uh, Brady retires. Chara, huh? Yeah. Ah, okay. No, right. as, as soon as we said Tebow, he wrote to us, and he said, Tebow, with a big exclamation point. So. Oh, 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 okay. We have we have to get John a Tim Tebow jersey with uh, the uh, Canadian Football League team he plays with next. Tebow and the Honey Badger. And the Honey Badger. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never be forgotten for that one, Larry. The Honey Badger is your number one pick in the draft. <laughs> See, we got to get uh, some fantasy football down and get John in, in, involved with that this that year. That would be great. I might have a chance of winning. Got a good story, though. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, probably two seasons ago, um, we did a uh, auction league, and one of uh, you know a friend of mine, he actually bid um, most of his money already at the in the first round on Adrian Peterson, Mike. Funny was on Adrian Peterson. Oh, okay. The first round. Um, funny thing was though, he bid on the other Adrian Peterson that was playing for the Seattle Seahawks at the time. Oh no! So he only had about three hundred dollars. Uh, I think you could auction, you know, you know, to use in the league, and he spent a hundred and twenty of it on Adrian Peterson with his first round draft pick. But it wasn't AP of the Vikings; it was AP of the Seattle Seahawks at the time. Oh man! So. Great general manager stuff there. Awesome stuff. <laughs> well, uh, they will go nameless, but we actually had one in our fantasy league this past season. Made their number one draft pick, David Akers. Wow. Number one. Number one. Their number one draft pick was David Akers. What was the reason behind that? We never saw them again. I don't know. They liked David Akers. That was the reason. Did you kick them out? <laughs> they might not be invited back this year. Oh, man. Poor sidekick. That wasn't sidekick. Oh, no, 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 no. It was not sidekick. No, no. No, like I said, they will go nameless. I will not mention who it was. Uh, Well, I know you want to forget about it, but we have to promote tomorrow's show. (laughs) And that's sports. That was only because John was just being, you know, real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is Sports Blogger Radio, and it is live for the first time tomorrow. Isn't that great? That's great. That worked. John Leary, Scott Blooney, they're going to bring you Sports Blogger Radio live tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Fan Junkies Radio. You can listen to Scott and John talk about the Boston Bruins' uh, first game matchup uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, as well as the mystery and the surgeries surrounding Rob Gronkowski of the New England Patriots. It's going to be a very, very good show, and they're going an hour. A full hour. I was just going to say, they're going for a full hour. A full hour. And I told John, now is the time for you, John, to get some Boston personalities on the live sports blogger radio. Well, I and, you know, every I, week. I've got, I've got a, a good number of friends of mine who are Boston fans. Either they're Bruins fans or they're Patriots fans or whatever. And I invited a lot of them uh, to their show tomorrow evening. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, and I think you concur with me, uh, Jonathan, John and Scott, these guys know Boston sports like just about nobody else I've ever known. Absolutely. So if you're a Boston fan, this is the this is the show you got to be listening to. And now that it's going live and people can call right in to the very same number that we use here, 347-237-5373, that's going to just make it a great, great program. I can't wait to listen to it. Absolutely. So you can find the show tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Fantasy Radio, Talk Radio. So it's blogtalkradio.com 
forward slash fan junkies. And you can also head over to Twitter and get them at Sports Blogga, B-L-A-G-G-A-H, because why? They're from Boston. That's right. That's all i got to say. And you'll know it as soon as you hear them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, remember tomorrow night to tune in, 8 p.m. Eastern Time for Sports Blogger Radio. Good show today. Open forum Wednesday. Unfortunately, no listeners called in. I don't know what's going on with you people, but you have to quit work or you have to play hooky and call us next Wednesday. <laughs> we'll be back Friday with Sports Trivia Friday. Yeah, Sports Trivia. That's a lot of good things uh, said about it, so we're going to have some fun with that. And don't forget, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Sports Blogger Radio right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network. So, for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Ragus. Thanks for tuning in. See you tomorrow night, Sports Blogger Radio. Catch you soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.